Hey everybody, Dave and Jeff. It is February 16th, 2021. How about that? Dave, uh, at some point tonight, I got a great anti-Semite story for you. Oh, those are always fun. That I think you probably haven't been paying attention to, but it, it could be a really, really big story. You want to start there? We can. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so, Jesus. do you remember uh, you remember Gina Carano? Yes. Gina Carano, the MMA fighter? Yes. Gorgeous girl, right? And when the UFC and a group called Strike Force and Elite XC, uh, Elite XC, I think is where Gina came up. Like she was really cool, yeah, because beautiful girl, but she could really fight, and it it brought a lot of attention to the sport, and she was kind of quiet, shy, right, and yep. and people liked her. Well, she retired a few years back. She's been on that Star Wars show, uh, show Mandalorian. Yeah, very popular. And doing a great job. And, and people in the MMA world were like, wow, great for Gina. Very, very cool to see what she's doing. And, and life after combat sports have been great. Did you happen to hear what she got into last week? I absolutely did. All right. So Gina, it turns out, is a fucking kook. <laughs> because... She goes on to social media, and she's been on social, me- social media the last couple of uh, weeks. Yep. And very big supporter of Donald Trump, the whole deal. Makes a comment last week that something to the effect of being a Republican in, the, in today's America is very similar to what had to have happened during the Holocaust. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. I'm cutting it way down. But ultimately, she compared the Holocaust to the struggles of being a young Republican (laughs) or an old Republican in today's America. Well, as you can imagine, that drew a whole lot of attention. Yes. Because Gina was not known for outlandish comments. (laughs) She really didn't say much at all. She was always very polite to the media, but very quiet and and kind of shy and very likable. A guy who has covered MMA for a long, long time is a dude named Ariel Hawani. And Ariel has been around forever. And my experience with Ariel was he wasn't a real big fan of ours. Because when we started Clinch Gear and Clinch Gear Radio, Ariel always wanted Dan Henderson on the show. And he kind of thought he should have carte blanche because he was starting to establish a little name for himself in the industry. And we were like, well, fuck that. We'll put him on Clinch Gear Radio and draw attention there. So that was kind of my first dealings with him. Well, then I met the guy, and he couldn't have been fucking nicer. He was great. We still fucked him. We still didn't (laughs) put anybody on his show. But he was really, really a great guy. And for me, incredibly nice and and. And he was cool. And he's done a really great job. He started at AOL. He was part of the Fox broadcast. And now Ariel is crushing it at ESPN. He has a great show that he does with Daniel Cormier that's incredibly funny. He shows up as a guest on the Pat McAfee show all the time where Ariel's incredibly funny. He's done sidelines for the NBA, he does a show with Chael Sonnen that's funny, and he continues to be a really, really well-thought-out MMA commentator now for ESPN. Yeah. 
he was on our buddy Steve Cofield's show in Las Vegas. And Steve asked him with Adam Hill about the comments that Gina Carano made. Well, you can understand as a Jewish man and as somebody that knew Gina, has dealt with Gina, Ariel was upset and and made his thoughts, I thought, well-known in a very well-thought-out manner, as anybody would, right? Jewish or not Jewish, but especially for somebody like Ariel, who I'm sure, Dave, it doesn't take long to go up that family tree to find somebody that was impacted yeah. by the Holocaust. I thought he was dynamite. Dana White was asked about it after the UFC card on Saturday night. Asked about Gina's comments. Dana's quote was, hey, listen, everybody makes mistakes. Get off of Gina. And he said, uh, I thought it was great how Ariel made it all about himself. What a douche. Yeah, I saw that. Now. Anybody who knows Dana and Ariel know that these two guys don't like each other. Um, they used to have, I think, a relatively decent relationship when Ariel was a young guy coming up, and then Ariel was part of the Fox coverage and, and the whole deal. But he and Dana have had a major falling out, and I think it's more on Dana's side than on Ariel's side. And so Dana comes out, and I, my opinion... He let his personal feelings about Ariel get in the way of his comment. Because I think if it's anybody else that makes that comment, I don't think Dana's saying, and I'm not making excuses for Dana, I'm just kind of trying to give you a little bit more background into this. I don't think he's accusing anybody of being a douche. So immediately ESPN reporters come out, Rightfully so, in support of Ariel. Of course. Incredibly nice guy. Like I said, he's doing NBA. Yep. He's done a lot of stuff and has worked really, really hard. And there was no reason for him to be called a douche. Yeah. But Dave, this point that nobody has made and why this story is fascinating to me is the UFC was sold a few years back for $4 billion. Everybody remember the show Entourage? Yeah. Remember Ari Gold, how great he was? The character of Ari Gold was based on a guy named Ari Emanuel. And Ari Emanuel is the new owner of the UFC. He's Dana White's boss. Yeah. And I have to wonder what the conversations are because I can't, the UFC isn't what it is today without Dana White. I don't know what the UFC would be next month, next year, or five years from now without Dana White. He has put his entire heart and soul in developing that brand, that sport, and everything else, unlike anybody I can think of. And now, as the owner of the UFC, as a Jewish man, you have to look and go, man, my right-hand guy, my backbone, just called another Jewish man a douche for being upset by comments that Gina made, somebody in our Hall of Fame, who accused or, or made the comparison of being a Republican to being a Jew during the Holocaust? Yeah. Wow. Well, also you have a business relationship with ESPN, which is right. ABC and Disney. Right. Okay. So, okay. So, there's so many different things in here. First of all, for people who aren't aware about the Holocaust, in case you don't understand, when you're talking about 6 million Jews oh, being my murdered. God, man. 
Um, and then no. you're going to sit there and say you're getting screamed at because you're a Trump fan. It's night and day. Right. Okay. You aren't even fucking close to the surface, you <laughs> it's dipshit. Like, Gina, it's, you should have stayed quiet. It's, it's so fucking offensive. Well, Gina, good luck fucking working again. They hired her. Okay, who did? She just got hired to be on a movie. She got hired. She got let go from George Lucas. Okay. Yeah, George Lucas is Jewish, by the way. Got it. And two days later, she now she just got hired for a movie. You know what? I tell you what. After Mel Gibson has made a shitload of money, yeah. nothing fucking surprises me. Right. You know who's fucking pissed? Arsenio Hall. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Arsenio Hall worked for Paramount. And, yeah. And they warned him about fucking don't put Louis Farrakhan on. Yeah. And then guess what? As popular as Arsenio was, he put Louis Farrakhan on and they said, here's the fucking door. Good luck with your career. And the guy's been trying to hang on for 30 years of going, I made a huge fucking mistake. So, again, I don't own anything. I'm just telling you as a, as a guy that kind of watches this game that you're describing and I was reading about it today and trying to pay attention of everything. I didn't even know Ariel was a guy until you just told me. I thought it was a girl the whole time. So You've when, seen him. He's so, on ESPN all the time. Didn't even pay attention. Didn't no, but I'm did, saying yeah, if I know, you saw I, his I picture, you. you would know yeah, who he is. But I had no idea when I'm reading it. So it doesn't matter here 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 and we're there. So when you talk about Disney and you talk about yeah. uh Disney was it Disney Plus, is that what you yeah. subscribe to? One of the huge things at Disney is the rights to Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to pitch, uh, piss off George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we don't want to go that direction. As as Norris said, let's not go this way with this yeah. thing. Okay. So, again, I, I find it fascinating. But, again, Mel Gibson has made a shitload of money since yeah. people thought he crossed the line. So, um, I, I don't know what the fuck happens with, with Dana. It just seems like you'd want to keep your major corporate sponsors happy. I, I tell you, I, I, I haven't had a lot of dealings with him, just a few. Maybe one of the nicest, most media-friendly guys I've ever dealt with. He, he never d- called you a douche? He did not. Maybe as soon as I left. But that's the thing, Dave. I never dealt with Gina, but I've dealt with Ariel, and he's a good dude. And I've dealt with Dana. He's yeah, a good we've dude. We've had Dana on the show. Yeah. Fuck. It really, it just, it sucked, man. It really sucks, and I don't know. I don't know what happens. I mean, I really don't. I don't know if this thing gets forgotten about. I don't know for ESPN, right? Yeah. Like you just you're just gonna let your guy hang out there in the wind, but but as you're trying to draw attention to ESPN Plus, and you're trying to build subscribers. Sorry, man. Nobody is subscribing to ESPN Plus for Peyton's Place. The thing's yeah. really funny, but I'm not paying 12 bucks a month for that. I'm paying 12 bucks a month for Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus because that's where they put all the UFC fights. And it takes you a while because they used to be on Fox Sports 1 and Big Fox and ESPN. But now you've kind of gotten used to it. I think a lot of MMA fans, maybe not everybody, but you've gotten used to going to the Roku or wherever you have your streaming and you find you find the UFC. And fights aren't what they used to be. Dude, product, I'm out. I'll be honest with you, I'm out. Yeah, I have pro- zero interest anymore. Yeah, I mean, the product's diluted. But Dave, you were always a casual fan. I, I think. Yeah, for, but I still watched all the big ones. I, I never yeah. missed one for no, years. But I'm saying for the people that are really into it, they're going to tell you, yeah, it's diluted. It's just not what it was. There's yeah. still some fun. But it's not what it was back in the day. But that doesn't matter. It's still a cash cow. It's still making a ton of money, both for the UFC and for ESPN. And I'm fascinated to see what does or doesn't happen moving forward. 
Yeah, well, again, I, I don't know what the next step is for what ESPN does, what Dana White does, if there's a press conferences or an apology. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, yeah. when, when he got upset, he showed his true colors. Yeah. I mean, that's what came down to it. When he yeah. got upset, this was the Dana White. Yeah, he, he is not a fan of Ariel. Now, yeah. I don't know enough about the back history of, of those two to know what, what got Dana to that point. Um, I just don't, and I, I wouldn't even speculate. But it's is Dana one of those guys that doesn't like to be questioned on anything? Does he want to be right all the time, or not look? Obviously, nobody wants to look bad. Um, no, he. I I think one of the things that I've liked the most about him, and now he's had to, he's had to quit doing it. But he used to do these things after the press conference, so they would have. The post-fight press conference, right? And John Jones would go his way and Chael Sonnen would go his way. And then Dana at the end of the night would do a 45-minute scrum. Yeah. And it was unbelievable because he would answer everything. He would tell you everything. So guys would say, hey, Dana, when, you know, uh, Bob Smith says you're not really paying him. Hey, let me tell you about <laughs> Bob Smith. I fucking offered this guy three fights. I've offered him this, I've offered him this, and offered him that. Guess what he says? I can't fight. I need a full camp. I need this. I need that, right? And it would make the fighters so pissed off. And then you saw when he got into it with Conor McGregor. Yeah. And this happened about six months ago. McGregor kept shooting his mouth off that he wanted to come back and fight. And as Dana put it, he broke guy code because he showed text messages back and forth and Connor said hey I want to come back and I want to fight Diego Sanchez uh, people may remember Diego he was part of the original ultimate fighter really exciting guy he's 39 years old <clears throat> and Dana goes if they if we were to book that fight they they'd take my license away get the fuck out of here well then Connor shows that and it, and it ends up being disrespectful to Diego yeah and Dana got really pissed but no, that's the thing I like about him, Dave. When you look at Goodell, when you look at Rob Manfred, I wouldn't say so much Adam Silver, but other guys, you try to ask him a question, you get nothing. You ask Dana anything, he'll tell it to you. I don't. It might be his version, right? But we get that. And in any, I I like him. I do. I like him. It it upset me that he let personal feelings for Ariel become the story because he should have shut down Gina. Now, Gina doesn't do anything for the UFC. He could have said, all Dana needed to say the other day was, man, I was sorry to see Gina do that. So, okay, so let me ask you this question because you, you bring this up as far as Dana, like compared to commissioners. Commissioners obviously have to report to the other 32 or 30 True. bosses. Those are True. the bosses. How many bosses does Dana have? Ari Emanuel and, and whoever else yeah. the board is. But... I think what I I think Dana made, you know, four hundred, five hundred yeah. million. Like on if that Dana deal. got fired, he's fine. He's fine, and yes. the UFC goes exactly. away. Yeah, and he but, knows it. Yeah, but financially, he, he's not ever going to be looking for a meal. Correct. Exactly. And if, and if Rob Manfred gets fired, Theo Epstein can fill that yes. job, right? So I get it. It's apples and oranges. I get it. Um, but you know, then Dan Levitard comes out and starts, you know, ripping into Dana. And ripping into ESPN, and I get you go okay, well that's fine. But would you have done that a month ago when you still worked there? No, of course not. I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe he did. 
Maybe I, he was. You never know how angry you are. You know, I mean, Dan was an angry guy. A lot of guys yeah. leave ESPN angry. I, you yeah. know, Pat Dan Patrick left angry. Lebertard's left angry. Yeah. Colin Coward's left angry. Yeah. So I don't know if Dan would, maybe Dan would have said that and 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 continued supporting Ariel. I don't know, but that that's the thing, Dave. Right? A lot of ESPN supporters came out in in defense of Ariel, yeah, which was that. cool. Um, that was the right move. Yeah, for sure. But but I just think this is one that we should all be keeping an eye on to see if anything does or doesn't happen. Yeah, that, that's it. That's very interesting. All right, big uh, big four day weekend. Did you have to work any of these days? I did not. I was uh, well. Did you work Friday or Monday? I worked Friday because I'm not a bitch. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> which, which president do you dislike, Lincoln or Washington? John Adams. <laughs> that we're celebrating uh, Harry Hoover or Herbert Hoover. Um, but I was off Monday. Okay. So that was very cool. It was nice to have a three-day weekend for you. Yeah, great. And just spent the days hanging out with my kids and just, that's all we did. Just did, fucked around. All right. You're doing nothing, nothing crazy? Nothing crazy, and I think, Dave, obviously the takeaway from yesterday, we were just hanging out, having lunch, and the news came across on my phone about the passing of Vincent Jackson. Yeah. And that one really bothered me. It bothered me um, because he's a young guy. You and I had him on a bunch of times. He was such a good dude. He was a hell of an athlete. Hell of an athlete. Really easy going, and it kind of ties back. I put a picture on social media, whatever year this was, maybe back in 2010 or 2011. I took Dan Henderson down to the Chargers, and and Dan didn't know any of these guys. He just his son was little, like seven or eight, and uh, and I think Hardwick and a couple of those guys. I knew those dudes were all big fans. Chris yeah. Thielman. I said to Dan, I go, hey, man, you want to go down and meet the Chargers? He goes, shit, that'd be really fun. He goes, I don't know who any of these guys are. I go, that's cool. They Is that all what know- he said, really? Yeah. I remember when you brought this up, and Weddle and Hardwick were like, dude, that'd Weddle be awesome. Weddle was in, yeah. But it was really cool because there were a few guys that were really, really mellow on that team that got really fired up. And one of those guys was Vincent Jackson. And... He just had the best time, and we brought a ton of gear down, and Dan's taking pictures with Rivers and Hardwick and Dealman. but I knew I had this picture on my phone. I was able to find it yesterday, and it's just this picture of Jackson with the biggest smile, man. He was so fired up, and Dan's like, who is this guy? Like, dude, he's a wide receiver. He's a star. And so then a couple of weeks into the season, uh, Dan said, hey, I want to go to a game. So we went to a game. <laughs> And we were like, dude, this is the guy you met. Like, you know, showing yeah. on my phone. This is the and he Dan, it was really fun because as exciting as it was for them to meet Dan, for then Dan to see, oh shit, that's the quarterback. That's me and the quarterback and showing his son. Oh, that's us with Vincent Jackson or Chris Steelman. Uh, he really enjoyed it. But so that was fun for me. But Dave, I just the whole story, man. It's just it's heartbreaking. He'd been gone for a month, and they had done the wellness check the other day, and they said everything was okay. And then ultimately, we find out yesterday that he passed away, yeah, and it 38. just thirty-eight years old, man, and just incredibly nice guy. Just really nice guy would always come on the show, and I remember when the contract issue started, 
we had said to him, we don't really do gotcha radio. And he said, I got it. But he goes, man, I'm just not doing anything. And he was just, yeah. he didn't want to do anything to poke the bear. Yeah. He just wasn't that guy. And I know you would say the same thing, Dave. It's not like we texted him or went to dinner. It's not like we had a relationship with him like we had with Weddle. But, man, I sure like talking to him. And and yesterday that, that was incredibly sad, and I, I feel incredibly bad for his friends and family. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I was in Arizona this weekend, and all of a sudden my phone just started going crazy. Of people just and they were just writing Vincent Jackson. Nobody was giving me details. They're just yeah. Vincent Jackson. I'm like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. And uh, and then you get the story and you're like, man, 38. You know, yeah. you start doing that deal. You start looking up ages and you're going, right. man. You know, because there's that. There's always that tragedy. Did they live a full life? You no. Know? And yeah. and 38 is not a full life. No. And just uh, I had a long talk with our pal. Uh, Mikey Lamar yesterday, and really? Mikey, Mikey Lamar was telling me who who works over at uh, KFMB. KFMB, he said he goes, you know, man, he goes, you're always saying check in on your friends, and he said that VJ story bothered me, and he goes, the first guy I thought of, he goes, I got to check in, he goes, shit, I'm gonna call Jeff, and we had the best conversation. He goes, I'm thinking back to this night. Uh, Mikey said he goes, I was out with CS Keys, Vincent Jackson, and our other friend Jason Cantor. Yeah. And, and he goes, all three of those guys are gone. Holy shit. And he goes, but it was so fun. And CS, as we all know, if you were out with CS and a player, the player let his guard down. He, he yeah. wasn't worried because he knew nobody, nothing was going to leave the table. And, he, and Mike just said to him, he goes, God damn, man. He goes, we laughed so hard that night. And he goes, for such a mellow, low-key guy, yeah. and he goes, God, I did not know just how funny Vincent Jackson was. And so, uh, yeah, it's just uh, really, really upsetting for those of us that had a chance to get to know him a little bit. An incredibly nice guy. That is crazy to think three of those guys are gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fuck. Man, that is something else. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's sad. There's nothing for me to say. I mean, everyone in San Diego, you, you know, most people who didn't know him think about the great memories and, yeah. and how great of an athlete he was. But, and as I said, we were lucky enough to kind of know him as a person and, and doing Charger Radio for such a long time. It's, uh, it's terrible, man, absolutely terrible. And, and more, more details of that are, are going to come out like crazy. You know, it's, God dang, not to bump people out, but when I was in Arizona, I was there coaching baseball. Mm-hmm. And we get there, and they do a moment of silence. They tell us all, everybody, get coaches, we please get your kids on the line. We have a moment of silence. I had no idea what the story was. So you, mm-hmm. you didn't probably know the story being here in San Diego. But the father and son who got hit by the car in yeah. Poway were on their way to oh, gonna go to man. Arizona playing in the same tournament we were in. Heartbreaking. And then you find out the father and son were killed. Yeah, and, and they were big. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was extremely – everybody there in, in, at the facility in Arizona were, were completely shaken by the news because as soon as they announced it to the crowd, I guarantee you everyone in the crowd's doing the same thing. That could have been us. Yeah. Every single yeah. dad and son or, or mother and son are thinking the same thing. That could have been easily us that we didn't make it here to Yuma. Uh, yeah, I saw that, and and – Really difficult. I, I said, Dave, I got rid of my social media. I got yep. rid of Facebook. I got rid of Instagram. Um, I keep Twitter for the show and what's going on with everybody around. But I actually checked back in on, on Facebook yesterday because it's the same thing where you look at a story and, and not that family. But I saw another 
a kid that was 19 years old got shot at a hotel downtown Jesus. on Ash Street, not far from where friends of ours live. And this young man's last name is the same as somebody real close to me and not a common last name. And I was like, oh, my gosh, are they related? So just because you want to reach out and and it didn't appear that there was any connection between my friend and this young man doesn't diminish the loss for his family. But all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of looking in and then you started seeing people that that knew this father and son in Poway. And it's just... For somebody, uh, Dave, you're the same way. You spend so much time with your with Josh and Jake when they were growing up. I'm with I'm with Kate and Jack all the time. Yeah, and that kind of stuff, man. It's just father son stuff hits me really, really hard. Yeah. Even though I I didn't know that family, and all of us dads that are invested, like you know it. It's just it's the coolest job in the world. And and you could I just saw a picture uh, yesterday, and they they were just hanging out. You go, man. Those look like two dudes that I, you know, if you're out having a burger or BSing or, or talking yeah. ball, like those just look like two dudes you'd like to hang out with. Yeah. And yeah. Having never met them, I, I can only imagine uh, the impact on that tournament. Incredibly sad. You know what? It, we, uh, you know, as we do the show, a lot of times I'll tell you I'm going to Arizona. We've wrapped up basically for what we do yesterday was mm-hmm. it. Or for us at three thirty in the fucking morning. By the time they played that championship game, <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was run terribly. Um, but it was it was crazy because this COVID thing for a lot of these kids who aren't going to school. I have a lot of kids who are seniors yeah. who basically missed the second half of their junior Fuck. year are never going to step on campus during their senior year. Yeah, I, I was teasing them. I go in twenty five years when you guys have your high school union on Zoom, it's going to be a blast. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, but we to to keep them going because it's what we say the the wellness check. Hey, how are yeah. you doing? A lot of kids aren't doing great, and you know it's it's sad to say, dude. I, I coach seven kids right now who have attempted suicide. Yee. Seven. Fuck. And so people, oh, it's easy being a kid. It's not. You're losing your mind no, I... in your home. You aren't getting the social interaction. Um, but it it's it's a bad time. So we've been going and we've been coaching baseball. You know since mm-hmm. June. Last night or this morning at 3.30 in the morning was the first game that we lost with this group of kids since June. Oh, wow. It was a hell of a run. It was, yeah. it was, it was fucking nuts. And um, it was I was saying goodbye to the kids because some of the kids will never wear you know my uniform, yeah. my Bears, California Bears uniform again. And you're just going, they're going to graduate in a couple months. And yeah. then they're going to go on to college or get a job or whatever they end up doing. But you sit there and you go, it was, it was sad to sit there yeah. and go, hey, man, it was, it was a, as much as they enjoyed it. It was a hell of a ride for me being part of it. it. By the way, since you're a Minnesota guy, the kid who pitched the semifinal game for me from Minnesota pitched a perfect game. Nice. What was that? Was that? Was, Where's he from in Minnesota? That, that was, um, dude. I don't know. I just know everything's out. Vikings. This Vikings. God damn that right twins. This twins. That. Um, but that that was super cool. The team we lost to in the championship, Sierra Canyon, LeBron James kids. Oh yeah. I asked the, the athletic director, and I started talking, and. I said, was trying to figure out where is Sierra Canyon because yeah, we know where, where LeBron it? lives. Yeah, it's in the valley, so you have to go over the hill from where LeBron lives. LeBron's oh, like, okay. like close to where OJ. Yeah, in uh, Brentwood. Yeah, in Brentwood. And I said, how does LeBron's kid get to school every day? There's no way LeBron's right. playing till twelve o'clock at night, talking to the media, getting up early, and driving his kid in traffic. Or, do somebody, I take the right? pulvera? I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? What the turtle? <laughs> they got turtle driving him. He does. He has his own private driver. He's got to, right? Yeah, the kid has his own private driver, and it was it was it was interesting That's to awesome. see how they do it. But otherwise, man, it was a blast. I mean, 
leaving last night that early and, or that late, and I coached five fucking games yesterday. I got uh, up at five in the morning, didn't God. get home here till three thirty. But we, um, I'm driving back, and uh, it's it's like all right, not bad. I'm doing enough to worry about traffic. And then you ever do that drive from from Arizona oh, here? Yeah. We have to go through the mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here comes here comes the wind. Oh, and I'm going, right. dude! I thought I was going over. I'm like, it's gonna blow me. All you needed was Costa. Holy shit, dude! Costa would have been crying his ass off. And I'm like, the wind comes, and then here comes the rain, and then yeah. here comes the fog, <laughs> and you couldn't see for shit. God damn! And and to stay awake, right? Ugh. Worst diet of all time. I'm just chucking beef jerky and chocolate pop. <laughs> like, what are you doing? That's all I could find. Why'd you the- just go to Golden Acorn? Oh, okay. call it a night. I wasn't too golden acorn yet. I wasn't too there. I was Go just get a two ninety nine T bone. I wasn't there yet. And, and, and as much, much as I goofed on woods, I went and bought like two hundred and fifty of those goddamn smelling salt packages on Amazon. Jesus, and just Christ. keep them between the seats and just pop them. And <laughs> but I forgot them. I forgot to bring addict. them. So I'm sitting there truck. <laughs> I've opened one out of 250. So, so, uh, but it's like, whoo, I'm back. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting there. How do I stay awake? Yeah. Fucking Diet Coke, beef jerky, and chocolate Pop Tarts. And I'm like, what the fuck? Get out of the car. Get the shit all over my t- You have a fucking stroke. <laughs> I look like the biggest mess getting out of the fucking car. I was like, don't just throw my sweatshirt away. What the fuck's all over my chest? What an idiot. <laughs> Idiot, uh, but dude, I made it. I stayed awake. What do you want? But it was, it was overall, man. It was, it was good memories. It was a good run. And you mentioned dude. father sons. I do miss having Jake yeah. there in the cars with me. And and Josh will coach high school ball, but he doesn't do those tournaments with me. It, it was, it was a good time. It was really. You know, good I wish time. you would have done when that game ended. Wish you would have lined up all your kids. Yeah. Go give me that jersey. <laughs> Take their jersey, turn around, just kick them right in the ass. Get out of here. You just, I just start ripping their name off the back of yeah, the jersey. Get out of here. Get out of here. Just one by one. Give me that jersey. Turn around. Have the next kid. Or just have the kid before him. Kick him right in the ass on the way out. I got to ask you a question. Uh, real quick. Real, real, okay. Hold on. Real, real quick. Let me finish, wrap this up for you real quick. So it's funny. The game ends, and uh kid on their team goes, yeah, we won. Screaming at our guys. Oh, you motherfucker. Kid on our team right away. Shut the fuck up. You didn't even play. Yeah, Bullpen sit catcher. down, asshole. You get in the game, asshole. That, that was basically it. I got to ask you, Dave, <laughs> who are people that you know, people in your phone that just, and not guys that we deal with every day. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to expand this out. But do you, do you have guys on your phone, uh, this is leading somewhere, that for whatever reason, these guys just hit that funny bone and they lay you yeah. out. Mike Lamar is one of them. You Mike Lamar it. is a great one. This you is what it. this was part of the conversation that I had with Mike Lamar yesterday. For me, that guy is Steve Quiz. Steve Quiz Steve is very funny. Steve Quiz from the old days of KUSI and Channel Four and now on Channel Eight. This idiot wrote the funniest thing I've read on social media. You were in the middle of coaching five games yesterday, so let me recap for anybody who doesn't follow Quiz what he wrote. You know uh, 70s sports on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, great. They've been retweeting out baseball cards like crazy. So yesterday they sent out a card of Jim Kern, former Texas Rangers reliever, who looks like a young David Letterman with a big beard. Quiz writes, I hate Jim Kern. <laughs> he said, when I was a kid, 
I was at Anaheim Stadium, and Jim Kern and Jim Sundberg were playing pepper. And the ball came into the stands, and young Steve Quiz got the ball. Yeah. Jim Kern says, hey, kid, let us keep using the ball, and at the end, we'll flip it back to you. So Quiz flips him the ball. The pepper game continues, and at the end, Jim Kern, with the baseball in his hand, starts walking back to the dugout. Jim Sumberg yells out, hey, Kern, what about the kid? You were going to give him the ball. And Kern goes, fuck that kid. <laughs> Did he actually write the yes. word fuck? Oh, that's hilarious. Fuck that kid and kept walking with my ball is what Steve Quiz wrote. <laughs> Dave, I fucking almost, I'm sitting at Carl's bed. I almost fell off the bench. Fuck that kid. A quiz now has moved on. Life is going on. Yeah. It's a President's Day. Hopefully he had the day off. And goddamn if his nemesis, Jim Kern, didn't show up <laughs> on Twitter. Now, I've told this story on the air. I was dating my wife. Yeah. It was like our second or third date, and we were at a goals game. God, I had great seats. We're at, like, center ice, right back by the... Uh, by the uh, the hallway, the concourse. Yeah. Right? And here comes Quiz and that other dope, Jeremy Flynn, his cameraman. And they're walking. And this is like one day, two days, the same day after John Butler had died. So I say, hey, what's going on? We're BSing a little bit. And I go to Quiz. Fuck. How about Butler dying? He goes, did I ever tell you my John Butler story? <laughs> I go, no. He goes, yeah. He goes, me and this guy, Jeremy, his camera guy, he goes, we're down at Qualcomm Stadium, and we're taping interviews. He goes, shit, it had to be 7 o'clock at night, 7.30. We're the last two guys there. And he goes, remember how terrible the elevators were downstairs? And anybody who's ever been down below at Qualcomm, especially after about 5 o'clock, you push the button for the elevator. You're going to sit there forever, and there's not really – you don't have stairs no, anywhere. No, you can't take stairs out. You're stuck. You're stuck there. So Quiz and his camera guy, Jeremy, are sitting there, and finally the elevator comes down. They climb into the interview. They bring all their tripod and the camera and everything else, and they get in the elevator, and they turn around, and who's coming down the walkway? Big John Butler. But John and Dean Spanos. And John looks at him, yo, yo, off the elevator. <laughs> so John kicks Quiz and Jeremy off. So they're like, God dang it. So they got to pick up all their shit, and they get out, and John and Dino walk in. And Quiz says, as the elevator's closing, Butler points at him and goes, I never liked you anyways. And Steve goes, that's the last thing John Butler ever <laughs> said to me. <laughs> I go, what the fuck did Butler have with you? He goes, I have no idea. He didn't like anybody. No, I know. But to point directly yeah, at yeah. Quiz. With nobody around. In that very punchable little shot. face. And tell him, dude, I laughed where I thought my girlfriend will never date me again. I couldn't breathe because Butler was the biggest prick. And that's why we fuck with him on this show. I don't see any reason why we should protect his memory. <laughs> Guy's the biggest asshole, except for on that day when he just ripped 
Steve Quiz. And, I, dude, I could bring Quiz in here. We should bring Quiz in here just to tell fucking stories. Dave, you said it. Pagnazzi or Tony Fernandez. Yeah. That's the only guy in this region that might be your match. <laughs> More people have fucked with Quiz, and I don't know why that idiot strikes me so funny, but goddamn, when he wrote that about Jim Kern the other day, I was done. Dude, I used to joke around. I said to Steve, I go, you live my exact life, but you're in North yes. County and I'm in the South Bay. Yeah, you his, guys. His wife does what, what my wife was doing for a living. We're yeah. both in, in basically sports media in San Diego. Yeah. And um, and we actually drove the same cars. His wife drove the same cars. My wife, I drove the same cars. His wife it was really weird. I used to always say all the time, I go, you are living my exact life just in North County. Except for the fact that- He's so that, fucking dry, man. His sense of humor is so uh, fucking dude, dry, so he's good. He's so great. I can't tell on Facebook if he's ever telling the truth he's or he's He's ripping lying. his kid all the time. All the time. All the time. And every time his kid takes a picture, like if he's at Texas A&M or Notre yeah. Dame, hey, look at this. Matt just accepted an offer. He's going to be a football player at Notre Dame. And I'm like, did he really get an offer? Like, I get so fucking- What was the deal he made? It was like- $3,000 if he catches a pass for Rancho yeah. Bernardo. And he did. Yeah, he he didn't catch a pass like in the last game. And he's like, fuck. I said, to, uh, <laughs> I said to our friend Mike Lamar yesterday, I go, what is with Quiz in Hamilton? He goes, God damn, the- Hamilton, enough. Because <laughs> this guy walks through KFMB and sings the entire soundtrack. And he goes, he yells at me all the time. Have you seen it yet, Mike? No, I can't afford to go. You need to see it. Yeah. I swear, dude. I freaking Steve Quiz is the man. That is so damn funny. So, yes, I would highly recommend uh, anybody follow him on social yeah. media because he's dynamite. Speaking of media, guys, you see Judd's making a move? Nope. Yeah, Judd announced today that he's moving to Chicago. Really? Yep. Well, it's a perfect time to go. It's about negative 40 there. <laughs> What's he going to do there? I have no idea. He hasn't announced that yet. He said his wife's family is back there. And who knows if it's media. I hope it's media. I hope it's something he wants to do. Because we know he loves to surf every day. He's not doing that there. But he's... He just bought a house, I thought, in Alpine. Yeah, well, Brian Long kind of fucked that up for yeah, him. Yeah, big yeah, shock. Yeah, so when you're when you're out of a job and you go and shit, you just bought a house. I was saying he's making the opposite move of Mark Grant. He's just going to yeah. leave Alpine. He's going to go back to Chicago. God dang, Chicago is so fun. And then... I mean, thinking about friends and family tonight, Dave, I, one of my closest friends is in Tyler, Texas. And I know Stevie Woods has family in Dallas. Uh, Tabitha's down there in Dallas. I don't know if people are watching what's going on around the country, but this weather that we have right now that's impacting, it feels like everybody but us in Florida is insane. Chicago's getting crushed. Yeah. Friends in Indianapolis where it's wild, right? But there's a friend of mine in Tyler, Texas. Dave, they they keep doing rolling uh, blackouts. Yeah. And we've been through that. But when they do them here, it's during the heat or during fire season. They were doing it last night in this small little town where it was seven degrees. And they turned the power off. You can't turn the heat on. Yeah. And so I had friends that have four dogs, and they were triple socks and sweatshirts and jackets and trying to go under this bed, and they said it's 49 degrees in our house right now. And then the pipes froze, yep. and they're afraid, right? You can't get any water, so they're melting snow, so the dogs have water. 
Man, oh man, oh man. I don't know where, I know obviously the majority of the people are here in Southern California, and I hope all of you are safe. But I was thinking about Stevie Stevie Woods today and his family in Dallas and everywhere else. God damn, that's terrifying. So, yeah, and you can't do anything. No. You can't. It's not like you can send anything to Amazon because the Amazon trucks can't get anywhere. So, yeah, if your friends or family are down there or if any of you are listening from Texas, man, know we're thinking about you tonight. Incredibly scary. Yeah, no, you're right. It's all over the all over the country. It's really bad. Um and that's it for people who, who don't understand when people say, oh, I thought we had global warming. Global warming yeah. means extreme weather right. in either direction. That's my father-in-law. He's a complete <laughs> dumb fuck. God, asshole. dumbest fucking you guy asshole. ever. That's who it was, right? That's who you're No, so- I'm not. I'm not talking about him. I'm, uh, be honest with you, Trump used to do it all the time. Oh, I thought we had global warming. Dip, dip shit. It's yes. extreme weather in either direction. Doesn't well, mean it has to be hot. Well, my, my ex-wife just... Rips her father to shred, so it's pretty funny. I tell my kids, if you treat me as bad as your mom treats, and they're like, well, don't write dumb shit. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's true. I'll just say it. So she just, we go over there. She's like, oh, my God, my dad. And me and my son just laugh and laugh. Listen to this shit. So funny. Yeah, he means well. Oh, my gosh. Um I want to ask you, Padres. They, they yes. added a couple of players since you. Goddamn right, they did. <laughs> are you? Goddamn are you right. happy about it? Mark Melanson? Yes. Yeah, it's really fucking cute. I love your little social media game. How easily you forget this guy had twenty-one saves in two thousand four. But go ahead. And just... <laughs> go ahead and fucking ignore it, asshole. You'll eat those words. Uh, Mark Melanson to me. Let me let me take both of these moves, David. Go ahead. So I have a buddy who's the most negative, negative Padre fan ever. Okay. And I love it because he and I go back and forth. So he sends me a message on Friday and he goes, listen, I know you're going to call me negative, but I don't like this signing at all. Well, I'm in the middle of work. I don't know who it is. And I go and look and I see it's goddamn Mark Melanson. Yeah. And I go, oh, fuck. (laughs) Right. This guy to me, is Randy Myers 2.0, Calvin Chiraldi 2.0, Brandon Villanueva 2.0. And then this dopey buddy of mine goes, well, if you look at the numbers from uh, from Atlanta, it wasn't too bad. And I just wrote back, he sucks. <laughs> now, I'm with you, by the Now, way. the one thing is, if you're getting Melanson because you're thinking he can be helped for like the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, all right. But I don't think, Dave, I can't imagine that they're looking at him for the ninth inning. And so when I saw that signing, uh, I go, uh, whatever. Now, yeah. I will tell you, this dude from Pittsburgh, and I fucking butcher his name all the time, the kid they signed yesterday yes. th- that they're signing, I actually love that deal because having watched him with the Rangers and having watched him with the Pirates, yeah. Dave, who he reminds me a little bit of personality-wise is Kyle Farnsworth. Oh. He brings a little bit of the Rojo, a little bit of the red ass. Now, again, it's another guy that has closed. I don't know. Maybe Melanson, too. But we saw it last year, right, where there were plenty of times where the back end of the bullpen, when you were going to Stamen or you were going uh, Pierce Johnson, whatever, you were mixing in. Yeah. And guys just got tired down the stretch. So if you're getting another veteran arm to kind of help you, you go, all right, 
I don't know what the money is for either one of these guys. It's not my money. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not your money. But Colone or whatever that guy's name is. Well, Kellis is last name. So is it, is it is it Keon or Keone? I have no idea. I I heard tonight. Okay. I think it's just one of those guys that you read in the paper all the time. So he's 27 years old. Okay. Here, no, here, I know okay. the whole thing. He's been injured. Oh, he said, how, how old is dad? How old is mom? Uh, 41. Close. And, and mom is 59. Dad's 42. Mom's 43. Dad, shut the fuck up. I'm not. <laughs> dude, I'm, and, and he's how old? He's 27. 42? That's dad, 15. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm telling you. That guy's the, a fucking. He's a coxman. The dad was 15 when he was born, and the mom was 16. Holy shit, what a story. Literally just found it before you walked in the garage. What story? Yeah. Now, I like that dude. I yeah. do, Dave. I like that dude because just kind of like I said, watching him pitch a couple of times uh, in Pittsburgh. I don't. Rem- I never saw the Rangers, never saw him at the Rangers. But I just remember watching him a couple of times go, fuck, who is this guy? Yeah. Like really effective. But he's had injuries. He gets a little bit. It's a little bit of the Rojo, but Tingler would obviously know him. Preller would obviously know him. So it seems like a low-risk, high-ceiling signing for the pods. All right, so let me – I'm going to throw a couple things at you. You tell me which one of these guys – because they got a lot of fucking pitchers. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the Padres right now, their, their roster, as far as pitchers go, and I'm like, well, which guy doesn't make it in the bullpen? Because yeah. it seems like you got a lot of guys. So just, just throwing a couple at you. Does Ryan Weathers make it? No. Does Trey Wingeter make it? Uh, no. Really? I'm going off of, and what I'm cheating off of is Jeff Sanders, who does a really good job on the beat. Uh, Jeff Sanders tonight did his thing on social media, and he called it the way, way, way too early opening day roster for the Padres. So neither one of those guys are in the bullpen. How old do you think Wingeter is, by the way? God damn, Dave. He's got to be young. Is he even 25? 27. Really? Same, Same age as the kid they just got. So, okay, Craig Stamen. He makes uh, it. Stamen's there, yeah. He's 37. Pierce Johnson makes yeah. it. Javi Guerra. Uh, no. Oh, really? He, they didn't have him, which well. is because he's out of options, too. And the feeling is somebody will would grab him if you tried to DFA him. Yeah. So I'm not sure what you end up doing, but he was not on the roster. Okay, Baez. Uh, no. P- uh, Emilio Pagan. Yep. Matt Strom. Yep. Tim Hill. No. Tim Hill lefty did not make it. Okay. In what Jeff Sanders projected tonight. Okay. And the last two are obviously Pomerantz, Melanson. They make it. Yep, they're in. Okay, yeah. So there are a lot of guys. They're they're right there. So I'm just curious to know what you thought. But I'm looking at the pitching, and I think a lot of people, me included, I was hoping Rosenthal would come back. Yeah, me too. Or and if it wasn't Rosenthal, you're hoping Gates. Some somebody. So here's always my thinking of this, and I've never been a GM, neither of you, but we always mm. everybody loves to play the GM game. It's really fun. Yeah. In 2003, when 3 was GM of the Red Sox. Okay? Oh, I know what you're going to say. And they went it. with the Bill James book, Moneyball, where they said you don't need a closer. Huge mistake. Because they said you what you do is you bring in your best reliever at that time to mm-hmm. kill the rally if it's the sixth inning, seventh inning. It doesn't have to be the ninth inning for the last three outs, but you bring them in at that moment. Well, what happened was you didn't have a guy to close yeah. out. That mindset of uh, Trevor Hoffman, or Mariano Rivera, whatever it is, that it's just different for certain guys. They can't do it. So for the Padres, if you're going to go with not one set guy, and the Dodgers might be doing the same fucking thing. I mean, I, I have no idea. 
Mm-hmm. Just throwing it at you. Remember, they lose in 2003 there in Boone Home Run. Yeah. Then they went out and said, fuck it. And they went and got Keith Folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they won it in 2004. And they yep. had, here's a guy that's done it before he's closed. Mm-hmm. And they got where they needed to be. But for for the Padres, I mean, Pomerantz might be your best person in that bullpen. Pomerantz are, yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. And then as far as your closer goes, uh, probably Pagan. Well, that's I, what I was think, saying. I, I don't know. I'm I just you. think. I think, Dave, they are going to go into it with one designated guy, but it wouldn't shock me if they said, all right, we get it, it's spring training, but let's kind of see who shows what they have, right? Um, the guy, uh, what, I don't think it's Austin Allen. What's the guy's name that they got in that deal from Seattle that had the fucked up knee? Maybe I am right on that. Uh, but that's another guy. But I I heard Hartman this morning, and he kept hyping, you know, could Paddock be the closer? Fuck no. And again, Paddock sucks in the first inning of every game he pitches. Why would you bring him in for one inning? Well, I get Steve's point because Steve said he's a two-pitch pitcher and that he's a fastball and change-up guy, and that's all he throws. But I look at it, and Steve said, uh, credit to him, he goes, hey, maybe it's the mental aspect of it. Boy, to me, as much of a Paddock fan as I am, that kid gets rattled quick, and I don't. Uh, a, maybe look at it, right. We're all we all are uh, minor Doctor Jobs, <laughs> and we're concerned about his Tommy John surgery, where it's probably a hundred percent fine. But I look at that and go, no, man, I just don't think that's the guy. Where you go, this is the mindset. Think about those guys that have done that job, uh, whether it's Trevor yeah. or even Heath Bell. Or Padres have always had great ones. Yeah. Even in shitty teams. Yeah. Kirby Yates. Davis. Others. Yeah. Mark Davis. Um, just those guys that have come in here and been that guy where, fuck, you get rattled tonight, then you give them the ball tomorrow, and they come down, it's one, two, three. Yeah. I'd be great if Paddock was that guy. It just seems like you, you have more options. It's a, it, it is. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we all talk about this, how exciting we are. for. But you want to be a playoff team. Yes. This is not the team, to, uh, the time, nor the team to start goofing around and going, hey, I wonder if we can convert Paddock to a closer. That's why I think, Dave, what you were saying, where maybe it's Pomeranz, maybe it's Pagan, maybe Melanson gets some opportunities because he's done it before. Um, but it just makes you wonder. I mean, Rosenthal's still not signed. Still not signed. But you would have to think that they have done enough due diligence to know what Rosenthal wants, yeah. what the market dictates, and what they're willing to spend. And maybe they look at it and go, yeah, man, you were really good for when we were here. But when we look at the last two, three years, that it might not be a gamble we're willing to take. If you're a Major League Baseball player like Rosenthal uh-huh. and you're going, holy shit, pitchers and catchers are reporting. Yeah, crazy, And right? I have nowhere to go. Fucking love that guy too. Like I everybody never, did in San Diego. I can't. I can't remember a guy that just came in and hit the ground running. Yeah, and just was embraced by the fans and always doing shit with Lolitas. Yep. Like I don't know. I get it. You got to do your thing, but it felt like that would have been one where where both sides wanted the relationship to work, right? Yeah. Last year, okay, he was one and zero. ERA of uh, 1.90, 11 saves. For here? For here. He was nails. Yep. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us. Actually, in San Diego, ERA was zero. That's combined with uh, KC. God damn. I think there are a lot of people, myself included, 
that were like, fuck, that's the guy we want. Like, that's the per- And look, it's not like he signed anywhere. It's not like no. he signed with the Marlins or the Cubs or, or anybody. So maybe, but they must just be a feeling that they're going to let the market play out and, and see what happens. God, if they could get him, though, Dave, if they could bring him back, because he just has an instant connection with this fan base. And I think the cool thing about Rosenthal is he goes out, he he does his thing four or five nights, and that night when he doesn't get it because he's so beloved in a short period of time, like, it'd be cool. I just think Padre fan base would rally on that guy. But as an athlete, you have a small window of opportunity, and if the pods are offering $6 million and somebody else is offering you $10 million, I guess you go take the 10 right? You know what? Yeah. For him, so here's the deal. He's 31 years old this season. There's no way his career is over. No. So, someone's going to go. Don't you think him. he goes to the Mets? Fuck, man. I can't believe he's not with the team. I just yeah. can't understand. I understand he didn't have good years before 2020 for, mm-hmm. for a while, but I'm just shocked he isn't with the team. I think he goes to the Mets because as they put out money – um, it kind of feels like that would be a fit for him. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, at first I thought he'd be a Padre or an Angel when this whole thing started. The Angels have surprised me because I thought the Angels yeah. would be very active for, I mean, again, with like Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb and shit like that. But yet you see all these people say, oh, the Angels are going to be good. How do you figure? I don't know. The Angels aren't impressive at all. No, I don't get it. And they, their payroll's $170 million, yeah. crazy money, right? Farm system slowly... Coming back up, like when you look, they're they're kind of back in. I think when I saw the other day, they're somewhere in that fifteen to twenty range, which you go. Eh. But they were consistently twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. So maybe they're trying to to build some guys up and and get going, and finally you'll get out from under the pool holds deal, and maybe some other money comes off. But yeah, I mean, I I think last year, Dave, they thought they had a. They were going to be a player for Cole. I think this year we thought they'd be a player for Bauer. I mean, they did go out and get Rendon last year, which yeah. was a huge move. But, yeah, the Angels are just we, – we we talked about it two weeks ago. I think they're a team most of us in Southern California. We may hate the Dodgers. We may hate San Diego and, and love the other. But I feel like we're all kind of in on the Angels. Yes. May, may not – maybe not as diehard as we are for our National League teams – but I feel like we all dig the Angels, right? When I you do. have Trout yeah, and Otani. And, but, God, they are just, woof. <laughs> all right, so here, here's a, a Padre question for you. Okay. Okay, think before you answer the question, because I'm going to ask you right now, in 2021, who mm-hmm. is the best player on the Padres? Hmm. Think about that. 2021. Who are you most sure of is going to have a good year in 2021? Well, it, it's just, it's my determination if I want to go Machado or if I want to go Tatis. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I, I, I yeah. know it when I ask the question. I want to know which, who is your guarantee best player on the team? Oh, fuck. I mean, to me, it's one and one A. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, it's one and one A. I mean, between the two of those guys and the relationship, the whole thing, uh, I'm going to. Boy, the, the injury thing freaks me out. Just because he plays so hard and everything else, I'm going to give the slightest, slightest of edges to Machado. I agree. Now, yeah. if you were ask, uh, now if I ask the question, you can only keep one. 
you're going to say Tatis. Right. But you're guaranteed, like we talk about question marks. Cause right. Because as good as the Padres are supposed to be in 2021, yeah. there are a lot of question marks all over sure. the place. You don't know what Hosmer's going to do. No. You don't know what this guy's going to do, this guy's going to do, whatever. I expect fam to bounce back, all this yeah. shit. But you never know. Cronenworth's second yeah. year, right? Yeah. So it's so your your sure thing guy, it's Machado. Yeah. And that that it's it's a crazy question because when it, people are listening right now, I guarantee you ninety percent of our audience said Tatis. Yeah. But there's there it, it, you brought up injury. That's the first thing that went through in my mind. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants an injury. No. But also, he's never played even as a major leaguer combined. He's never yeah. played one hundred and sixty two games in his life. But he's the future is great. Remember, he just turned twenty two last uh, month. Dave, he's he is. But Machado right now almost won MVP last year. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I I'm with you. Uh, Tatis was right there. Other than that, that weird stretch that yeah, he that had bad in September slump that knocked him into the two seventies. Yeah, he was the MVP. I just I'm I'm trying to think of a guy that has come through this town that has been more of the total package, just the absolute. Total package in any sport. And the only guy, I mean, I kind of look at uh, Ladanian a little bit when Ladanian came here, right, and was just unbelievable. Junior was kind of one of those guys, right, that just electrified the entire league, not just um, our city. Like Tatis, man, God, that fucking guy is just, he's the greatest. He's just the greatest. But if if I was going right now, like I said, it is so close. And if somebody goes, man, I'm going to tease one and Machado one day. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you. But I just, for me, Dave, I, I think maybe one of the things that happens is, I've said it. My sons and I were there. Both of those guys, their first day in the uniform happened together. Yeah, the major league, right? They they came together. If Machado had been here for a year, if Tatis had been here for a year before the other guy arrived, maybe it's a little bit easier. If they're not both on the left side of the infield, right? If if they both don't do so many things, maybe the separation is um, a little bigger. But I, I just I can't think of a more exciting time to be a fan of that team. And you're right. You don't know what Darvish is going to be. You don't know about Grisham coming back. Which Will Myers do you see? Hosmer, all these different guys. But I don't ever remember a time when you go, I I know what I got on the left side of the infield. Because Caminetti was there. Chris Gomez was cool, but Chris Gomez wasn't Tatis. No. Not even close. No. Uh, Nettles and Templeton were both older guys. The shortstops in Major League Baseball right now are insane. Yeah. Insane. There's never been a time in our but, life it's been like this. But Dave, even if you go, oh, okay, I'm a Trevor Story's the number one shortstop, right? You see this shit. You a go, lot of guys are saying still Lindor. Uh, Lindor. Well, yeah. What I was going to say was Story that doesn't really work for Lindor. Story is just a guy who goes by and does his business. Solid performer, day in day out, dynamite player. Tatis goes in, but man, there is a flair to what that guy does. There's yeah. showmanship. It's exciting. And we're used to seeing those guys on the Yankees, on the Cubs, on the Dodgers, on the Red Sox. When he's here and he's our guy, it's just like you almost got to pinch yourself, right? Yeah. And go, oh, I can't believe that's well, my guy. And he's not even close to his prime. He's no. 22. He's six years away from his prime. And then you have Machado who's in his prime. 
yeah. and they're right there pushing each other every day, doing yeah. their thing, uh, just shining. Yeah, that's why it's so good. I, I just, I'm so stoked. Machado's here, and I just, uh, a great story about him over the weekend. Uh, just again from people that have gotten to know him during his time here. And just a friend sharing a, a private story and just how fucking cool a guy Manny is. And and just you know, not not to be shared, but just how he deals with people and checking in on neighbors that he had a year ago. Hey, what's going on? Just want to see how you're doing. I'm coming back. And all those kind of things. Just right because we hear the stories that, oh, he's this, he's that. And... uh and I had friends tell me over the weekend, God damn man, he's checking it. He's checking it. <laughs> See how we're doing. And saying, hey, we're coming back, and we hope when things calm down, we can barbecue or do whatever. And they're like, this fucking guy is just as cool as it gets. And I love stuff like that. I really do. I think it's cool. Good deal. All right. Hey, want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams is the guy, as we said, wants to help you get out of debt. And it's funny how many times I have this conversation with people. People ask me about Dan all the time. Yep. You mention him all the time. Is he worth the call? He is 100% worth the call. I don't yep. know what you're waiting for. Again, if you're one of these people that, that's going through a divorce, has, has thought about, hey, where am I financially? You can want to call Dan. He can help you with so many different things. One of the things Dan is doing, and it's really exciting, everyone goes to YouTube, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, Dan is doing something right now on YouTube. It's the Borrow Smart Two-Minute Tuesday, Understanding Your Cost of Debt. All you have to do, go to YouTube and, and then type in Borrow Smart Two-Minute Tuesday. And you're gonna or find follow it right Dan there. on social media. You can follow him on social media. Very easy as well. But again, Dan will, will help you out. He'll give you tips every single week. And, and again, I think you should call the number because it's not one of those long-winded deals. It's really yeah. fast. Any question you have for Dan, he knocks it out. 858-688-6813. Well, David, literally... We were going to talk all about the video and what was in there. And I am pulling into work today, and my ex calls me. And she goes, hey, uh, we have a situation. I go, oh, man, what's going on? And one of our neighbors who's incredibly close to us and close to me and my family and has been for 14 years did a forbearance. Earlier in the year, it's just kind of a, a mortgage relief program. Okay. And all of a sudden, this particular friend thought that they had more time. And all, today, they got a bill for basically $15,000. Oh, wow. And my wife's really, uh, my ex-wife's really upset and we're concerned. And I said, 858-688-6813. And she's like, what is that? I go, call Dan. Right now, my friend, so I'm telling Dan, I go, look, my buddy's retired Navy, but we know what Dan does with the Honor Foundation. Uh, and I said, he's, I tell this story that when I moved into that condo, my sons were like a year old. And this neighbor, I said, hey, man, I just got to let you know, my kids are really loud. He goes, ah, oh, don't sweat it. My music's really loud. And so I, I said to my wife, I go, oh, I guess he just jams music all day. Well, the next day he starts jamming music and it's Smokey Robinson, the Four Tops, and old school Motown. I immediately go upstairs. I go, old school Motown is not the same as kids crying. You did not play the game fair. And he's with our family at Thanksgiving and Christmas and he's really upset. But when I told Dan, he's a Motown guy. Dan's a Detroit guy. He goes, I love him already. And Dan started working on it tonight. Good. And he's doing what he can to help somebody who's a family friend of mine 
and he can do it for you as well. And I just can't think of anybody better to step in. 858-688-6813. When you're ready to buy that home in San Diego, you're looking to sell your home. Either way, you're looking to make a change. Brian Curry's your guy. You want to call Brian Curry. He's the real estate guy that knows San Diego County better than anyone else. More than 20 years in the business. Brian Curry's as good as anyone we know. Wherever you're thinking about moving, if you're looking for a bigger house, smaller house, again, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. You know, Dave, I've been looking all around, and it, it you look here, you look there, right? We've talked about South Park or La Mesa, uh, Carlsbad, Lucadia, and I just it hit me. I had an epiphany the other day as I was in Coronado. Just south of uh, the Hotel Dell. We all know yeah. that area right there at the start of the Strand. And I look up, and it's about 20 floors up, and it appears that all those apartments run the entire length of that one building right there. Beautiful ocean view. I said to my kids, I go, what are we doing? I'm just going to buy one of these places, right? How much can that be, Dave? 20 floors up? What do you figure those go for? 180 grand? <laughs> They're like uh, $1.5 million. I think your numbers are a little off, but uh, that's all right. I appreciate the effort. But I said to my kids, you know, I said, uh, the only thing is, if we buy the one facing west, then when we're trying to d- watch the game, we got to deal with the sunset going down over the water, and that can cause a glare. But I go, God damn, if we're facing east, then I got to deal with all these rubberneckers driving down here, coming in from Spring Valley, lowering the property value. So we'll probably get one that faces north or south. Uh, and that's why you want to have Brian on your side. When the tough decisions have to be made, nobody better than Brian Curry. I will not be having a housewarming party. As a matter <laughs> of fact, what I'm going to do is once I get moved into Coronado, and I would think they're going to ask me within a year to be on the city council. Of course. You have to think. I'm a guy who makes shit happen. Want to know the first thing I do? I bring the bridge back, tolls back, five dollars every car. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it all, $5. you assholes out. Five dollars used to be one dollar. Yeah, it's a dollar. I think for a long time it was like fifty cents, and then it went to a dollar. Fuck that. When you drive through there, how fast are you going? Well, you can't go fast at all because everybody locks up because they don't know if they want to go down Glorietta or if they want to swing to get over to Orange Avenue. They never know what to do. <laughs> so you better be careful coming across that bridge. So not very fast at all, but. Yeah, again, I'm excited because Brian's going to help me buy the house. Then within a year, I get voted on to the city council. And then, as I mentioned, get ready because the bridge toll is coming back, seven fifty a pop, both coming onto the island and leaving the island. <laughs> You're a genius. I like yeah, it. Yeah, $15. And we're going to bring uh, Soccer City down to, the, down to the rock. I like it. I like it. And if, you, hey, if you're one of those guys that's been going to Yuma like me for 10 months, and you love Yuma, El Cajon is just for you. <laughs> Yuma, like, Yuma Donuts? Oh, my God, dude. I'm, I was sitting there in Yuma. I said to my buddy, I go, you think you could live here? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> There's nothing here. Greatest thing to do in Yuma is to leave Yuma. <laughs> that is absolutely it. If you're looking for that pool, again, man, summer's coming up. I mean, it, look, we, yeah. it's freezing right now. We understand that. A little bit rainy, it's not going to last that long. If you look at your phone, you see that weather's going to change very soon. You're going to want that pool. What are you waiting for? Taylor May Pools, Alan Taylor standing by. He's the guy for the new construction. He also can do repairs for you as well. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Well, uh, so that friend of mine checks in from Texas today telling me about the cold and everything else. I said, look, I got to tell you, I, I feel it. I said it was cold here, too. I had to wear a long sleeve shirt. Didn't need a jacket, thankfully. 
but I'm feeling it. Burr. And she just wrote back, fuck you. And I said, hey, you know what? Fuck off. I didn't tell you to move. So, yeah, if you're lucky and pipes are not freezing and you realize that spring will be here in just a couple of weeks. Dave, I was out last night. I think it was like 10 to 6. And the yeah. sun was just going down. And I said to my kids, God damn, we're a month away from flipping the clocks. And now we'll, we'll move them ahead. And we'll be back to springtime. 7 o'clock, sun will still be out. You know what that means? The warm weather is coming. And that means it's time for that perfect tailor-made pool. Boy, oh boy, Dave said it. We want to believe things are coming back. But do any of us really believe it? No. So if you're looking at another year, and even if they do, do you want to go out and deal with people? Or do you want to just lay low? Well, if you're going to lay low, I can't think of a better way to spend the time than next to your tailor-made pool Give Alan and his guys a call. They can talk to you about what is the perfect pool for your backyard. And before you know it, that staycation will be up and running. Absolutely. All right, look, for that website right now, if you're looking and you're thinking, hey, 2021 is going to be different. I'm going to start my own business. I already have a business, but it's not doing very well. Kyle Fluger is the guy standing by to help you fix that website or build that website for you. He's done a great job for us. 619-500-6621-619-500-6621. 6621. I recommend you call that number as soon as possible if you're thinking about it because his calendar is filled up so fast that you want to get on his calendar so he can get to you as soon as possible. You need to have a website where people do what I did over the weekend where they make a purchase, they go, yay, this is great, and then they wake up the next morning and go, what the fuck did I just do? Because Dave, on Saturday, goofing around while my kids were playing Madden football, I'm goofing around on Amazon. And they promptly shook me down for $27. Do you know what showed up on Sunday? Sunday from Amazon on that holiday weekend? What was it? You're goddamn right. I have nine discs, uh, DVDs, every episode ever of the show Vegas. (laughs) Out of your fucking mind. $27. Me and Dan Tana. How's that John from Cincinnati DVD collection going? Horseshit. But that that one I only paid $5 for. Now. Can you throw it in the trash? No, we still have it. Why? Because my kids every now and then like seeing what's going on in IB when we go down there. But Jesus. here's where I feel like Amazon took advantage of me during my oh, time of vulnerability. You. They got you, yeah. What they didn't tell me was that the outlandishly gorgeous Judy Landers, who knew she was only in Series 1? <laughs> but Series 1 was like 1999. And I got every episode. Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis. Yeah. Bart Braverman. The underrated Greg Morris. Robert Urich. And you know what? How about this, Alley Cat? As they pointed out, once Judy Landers scooted out, Phyllis Davis turned into a little bit of an Alley Cat <laughs> in that show. So I could have paid $19.99 for season one. I paid $25. I got all, and it showed up the next day. And uh, my kids are like, what's this? I'm like, who the fuck raised you, wolves? I got, who's this? What you think before you talk? I go, that's Dantana. Look at the back. And they go, well, what are you going to do with that? I go, now what am I going to do with that? Oh, my God. What are we going to do with that? And they're like, what? Your poor kids. I'm like, we're going to watch Vegas. They go, boy. All right. Great. They're looking forward to it. <laughs> but sure they, what are you doing? If your website. Dude, dude, that was before my time. 
You know what I mean? Like, I never watched Vegas. Vegas was on that WKRP and all that time. Oh, shit, dude. I never saw one episode of Vegas. I knew who Robert Urich was. Dude, that show's fantastic. <laughs> I'm telling you, you. Sure. When's the last time you've seen it? Uh, when I was about yeah, nine. Dude, I bet it's horse shit. God damn it. The thing that I loved about this show, and I've said it to my kids, and this is the one thing why they'll actually watch it. You've never seen this show? I God, no. It's great. He lived on the strip. Now, I think, unfortunately, they did what happens to all kinds of great shows, is they filmed, like, the first, and I'll have to see. First one in Vegas, the rest in L.A.? I think Off maybe. Off of Pico, Fox Studios? <laughs> I think they maybe. Season one and half of season two are in Vegas, and then I'm terrified it goes fucking green screen. And you're like, that's Culver City. What the fuck? No, we're the green screen. You oh. like, like when they have those videos, like when the cat's driving yeah. and the fake background. Yeah, I'm terrified that we're gonna see a lot of fake shots of like the the Lady Luck and the Sahara, right, and Desert Inn. Fucking the Smothers Brothers. I'll be like, shit. You ever notice in those green screens where the guys are driving down and there's never yeah. a rear view mirror that's always missing? That's what I'm afraid yeah. of. <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. I, I, Dave, I bought more shit over the weekend on Amazon. Here's the other that's thing hilarious. that I bought. Because we're talking about favorite sporting events, yeah. right? I now have, again, for $24. That 24 seems to be my breaking point. Yeah. Uh. I bought three things over the weekend. Tell me if any of these make sense to you. Okay. $24, including shipping. I got every game from 2007, Stanley Cup Finals, the Anaheim one, Ducks. Yeah, I got you. Now, the one thing that I said to my kids, I go, I'm not necessarily a huge Ducks fan, but we said it. It's incredibly cool. And they go, Dad, if you're on the ice on that last DVD. Yeah. And we could see you even for a second. They're like, it's worth it. Yeah. But my kids said, you were there. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. And they said, you went to every game? I go, yeah, I went to every game. They go, okay, we'll sign off on that one. Yeah. You sign off on that? Yeah, I was with you on the ice for game seven. I only showed well, up for the end. Yeah, you showed up at the end and pushed people over, uh, pushed over Norm Peters to get out there <laughs> on the ice. You and I are literally standing in goal. Yes. At the end. Amazing, right? It was cool. Okay, so you've, you're fine with that one. Yeah. I paid $17 and got a game program, uh, just a mid-range game, from Vegas last year for Raiders football. Okay. From the first season at, because for like the first game or any of that, yeah. they want like 90 bucks. So I was like, I just want one. And my kids dug they that. They did a game program even though there are no fans. Dude, I tell you, the Raiders did the most insane thing for season ticket holders. I told you. Yeah. They sent everybody the stadium, which I paid too much for. And you open it and it plays uh, autumn wind, the right? autumn wind. And with it, I got a game patch. The guy sent me all the game tickets. If you were a season ticket holder for the Raiders last year, they sent you a package with 10 game programs, all like factory sealed. You got like a FedEx box and they still sent them to you, even though you didn't get a chance to step foot in there. You think fucking Dean did any of that shit? No. Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> he didn't do anything. Dude, all right, real quick, before we get to how old are they, how much worth, I heard two crazy stories this week. Okay. Okay, I've never been uh, one of those guys that gets the doom buggies and I'm sitting there yeah. going to Glamis, anything like that. I'd roll that fucker. Oh, of course we would. So I heard a crazy story because one of the kids I coached said between games, his family kept driving back and forth and, and doing it. That's a, a family thing. They're desert people. Oh, fun. 
He said to me, he goes, there was a family there that on January 1st lost their dog in the desert. Okay. Okay. They found the dog on Saturday. What? Okay. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Two, a couple questions. My, my first two questions is what the fuck did the dog eat and drink for yeah. the last six weeks? I think I might have the answer to that. Go ahead. That area out there is very, to the best of my knowledge, from friends that go, it's filled most of the time. That there are always people that are going out and find different days to go because you may not want to go on Saturday and Sunday. It was packed on Saturday, yeah. Yeah, and so there's probably, Dave, people that are out there seven days a week and that might just see this dog hanging out, just figure he's the neighborhood dog and feed him. But you would think somebody would check to see if he was chipped right. or something, right? So they found their dog. They got their dog back. So weird. But I tell you what, if that was my dog, I'm never... Well, guys, pack up the car. We're yeah, going let's home. go. Exactly. We can't find the dog. You know the dog's out there somewhere, dipshit. Dude. And then there's another family on January 1st. They lost their grandmother out there. Never found her. Where the fuck she? She's probably getting run over eighty times a day. How do you by leave with Aunt Nana? I have no You get your ass out there and you find that fucking dog. What are you doing going home? Well, how do you I, leave with your grandmother? Well, you kind of buried the lead, starting with the dog over the grandmother. Big fucking shock that your nickname's Diablo. <laughs> I told the story to my son. He's like, he was really upset about the dog. Didn't give a yeah. shit about the grandmother. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Uh. I'll tell you, my son and I, Friday night, we are out at uh, Barnes & Noble. Yeah. And my son is so fun because he's still 13, but he'll bring a ton of shit with him. And it's great. He's got a blanket, right? And he's got action figures and all kinds of crazy shit. One of the action figures that he brought is one of my all-time favorite pro wrestlers, the great Arn Anderson. One of the original founding members of the Four Horsemen. So he's got a fucking stuffed animal lined up. He's got Blanket, Arn Anderson, the Ultimate Warrior. We're laughing our ass off. But goddamn Barnes and Noble, he comes out and goes, Dad, fuck. He doesn't cuss, but he's like, I cannot figure out where Arn is. We lost Arn. <laughs> Dave, we spent like 45 minutes looking for a $19 action figure. And both of us were so bummed out because we're like, Dude, don't leave anybody behind. If we, he, my son and I, are dogs. What the cat, fuck? How did he lose it? I, I think he had just too much stuff, and and a door got opened, and he probably fell out, and some snot-nosed kid grabbed it, kidnapped Arn, holding him for ransom. <laughs> but we, like our dog, yeah. Diego, or anybody, we're not leaving without no, Diego. You don't. He's the dumbest dog in San Diego. It doesn't mean we're leaving him. God damn. How does that dog even have? Boy, I tell you, that dog has the heart of a lion. To, yeah. To give those fucking assholes a second chance. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, sorry I interrupted your weekend by thinking I'd go home with you. And where'd the dog gone? I can't figure it out. I don't know what the hell's happening here. That, anyway, fuck. That was, that was nuts when I heard that story. That's a weird story. It is a weird story. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're doing... February 15th and 16th, because okay. the, they're light on both. So it's a total of four people. Okay. We're going to start off on February 15th, Jane Seymour. Very doable. Yes. 67. 70 years old. Uh, still very doable. Uh, $15 million. $60 million. Six zero? 
6-0. Jesus, I feel lightheaded. Okay. Amorosa. Duh. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to say she's 55. 47. That's it. Can you believe that shit? Uh, Money-wise, I'm going to say $4 million. Pretty close. $3.5 million. Nice. She was one of the highest paid White House staffers at $179,000 a year. That? Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Can you imagine that? Yes. She'd be the one where you're like, God, you look great tonight. So I didn't look great last night? Yeah. Oh, uh, fuck. Oh, my God. You're absolutely I'm going right. to go to the fucking night owl in PB and just drink my fucking misery away. <laughs> you're absolutely right. All right. Here we go. February 16th. The weekend. Dude, I like that call. The weekend. Uh, shit. Say 34. 31. Okay. Uh, hundred million. Exactly right. Yeah, good for him. One hundred million dollars. All right, Ice T. <laughs> Dude, is he fucking great on social media? Dude, he is great on social media. I'm it's so s- crazy to me. He's on Law and Order. He's he great. just plays himself. Yeah, he shit. He doesn't like even trying to. Act. Ah, he's fucking great. Fifty-four. Sixty-three. No way. Yeah. Shit. Ah, uh, dude, he's got to be money. I'm going to say $80 million. $60 million for Ice Cube. Good for him. Yeah. All right, here we go. Five random questions, and they're all over the place. Okay. Would you ever let your girlfriend be your personal trainer? Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Be great. <laughs> be great. I think a lot of people would be like, fuck, I don't know. You know who's who's been uh, stops by now three times a week? I'm who's not. Tra- I'm not training him. Josh is training him. Walchef. Sean Walchef. He just can't he's, get enough of you. He's not not me. It's Josh. Josh is, I think, going to break him. I think he's going to kill that guy. <laughs> Don't do I that. I said to Josh, I go, dude. He's got two great kids and a yeah, great wife. But Sean has this thing where you ne- won't, won't ever say no. True. And so I'm like, I'm look, I am I was cleaning stuff out, getting ready to go to Arizona, and I'm looking at Sean. I'm like, dude, you're sweating a lot. Like, do you want me to open this door? Open the door. And I'm like, it's like 30 degrees outside, but you look like you're dying. Like, I've never seen anyone sweat so much. Yeah. And he's like, open the door. He's <laughs> <laughs> breathing hard. And then he came back the other day, and I said, Josh, how'd it go? Oh, dude, it was even tougher the second day. I go, are you trying to break? I thought he. Like I said to Josh, are you trying to break him so he never comes back? <laughs> or are you trying yeah. to. Dude, he take... named his sandwich after Jake. Can yeah. we keep that in mind? That's what I'm saying. I could do take, it. Take steps. Yeah. It's not easy to do. Yeah. I don't care that he walks 80 miles a day. It's a big damn difference following the Alabama workout. That's what he's yeah. basically doing. Jesus. Poor son. But he won't ever say no because he, oh, fucking, uh, it's part of the wolf pack. He always, always I thought Sean shit. was doing the, ju- oh, they probably can't do he it can't right do now. can't do the boxing with Trotter anymore. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Oh, poor, okay. Poor Sean. Sorry, Sean. Sorry, All Sean. right. Do you have a bucket list? Um... Yeah, it's funny. I and I'd have to look at it to see. I said this about a year ago. Uh, one of the things that was really great, and both of us make fun of the other one. Uh, my son Kate and I got a journal where we write things. We're supposed to write in every day. We've done a terrible job, <laughs> and we make fun of ourselves and each other for not writing in it. But it's been great, and and part of the thing was. Uh, the bucket list is things that we want to do together. Yeah. And uh, as a dad, Dave, to go in there and look in and see the things your your son wants to do with you is really, really cool. 
Number one's Fine Arn Anderson. Fine Arn, <laughs> no man left behind. We'll pay the ransom. He's somewhere in East County. Um, but what he wants to do is, you know, we've seen sporting events. We've done things like that. One of the things that he said was really, really cool to me is he goes, I want to go back to Minneapolis, and I want to see where you lived when you were 13. Like when you were 12 yeah. and 13, show me the neighborhood. Show me what you did and 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 those kind of things. So I, I know we'd like to go to Toronto, right? He's like, hey, yeah. I want to go to Toronto. And Jack, too. Um, Jack, yeah, I'll go. And, uh, but those kind of things. So, so the bucket list is very simply doing stuff with him cool. that he wants to do. So we're, by the way, just giving a heads up, I'm out for a week in March because they're going to Sedona. Like they're out two weeks for spring break. Yuma too. Uh, the, they love Yuma Yuma donuts. They <laughs> thought that was the funniest thing ever. They had no time for Rita. <laughs> And her bullshit, yes. shutting that idea down. They went and told their mom. <laughs> and she goes, I'd have hung up on him, too. They just <laughs> shook their head at her, told her, get her act together. Um, but, yeah, I'm out for a week in March, starting like the 20th, which is ironically the two-year anniversary of Erica's passing. And then we're out for like nine days. So just be aware, everybody. There won't be shows that week. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to Santa Barbara and fuck around on the cool. beach and throw footballs and do stuff like that. You got anything you want to do on your list? No, I tell you, my bucket list forever was Yankee Stadium. Yeah. And I got a chance to do it. So, no, it's nothing. I mean, the the one, obviously, for me, ballparks, Wrigley Field's the one I missed. Yeah. So I'd love to hit Wrigley, but it's not it's not one of those, I got to do this before I die. It's not like that. Yankee Stadium was like that for me, and it was a disappointment. You know, Yankee but Stadium. But do you still feel it? Mm. Like, when I got to Wrigley, I think when I got to Wrigley, there because I had tried for so long to get in there and I couldn't get in. And then yeah. when I finally got in, there's a part of me where you go, oh, okay. Well, now I guess I've been in Wrigley. But now when I look back at it, Dave, I go, you know what? I was there with my uh, my stepson, who's fucking great. Yeah. And we just laughed our ass off all night. And it was so funny. It was like Cubs and A's. And I mean, shitload of obstructed view seats in that fucking place. But to be there, and I look, I see pictures on my phone of it, like being there with him and hanging out. I really loved it. Like yeah. I really loved it. And I'd like to do that again. So, do you feel that way about Yankee Stadium? No, I tell you what. When we when we got to Yankee Stadium, it, I felt everything I thought I was going to feel. Yeah. You know, like oh my god, this Yankee Stadium. I see it, the whole deal. Yeah. Walking towards it, walking into it, everything. Nothing disappointed there. Okay. Yeah. But when we sat down in our seats, and this was Red Sox Yankees in September, yeah. and it was if the Red Sox won, they won the division, and there was no energy. Wow. It was weird, man. It was. I'm not kidding you when I tell you, yeah. going to a game at Petco Park at Dodger Stadium was much better than yeah. energy level than what we felt there, and it wasn't close to being sold out. It was maybe sixty percent full. Fenway didn't disappoint at all. Fenway yeah. felt like going back in time. It felt like you were in the 1960s. That's cool. It was, uh, and you know, I can't thank Glenn Geffner enough for hooking that up for us. But uh, Yankee Stadium was a huge disappointment. Everyone goes, "Oh, you should have gone to the Ridge." Well, I didn't fucking have a choice of going to yeah. the Ridge. It was like it was pick one. No. So anyway, it was that was on my list forever. Like I used to have dreams about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, but but no, it was uh, disappointing. New York City did not disappoint, by the way. New York City. For me, I'm dying to go back. Um, I I have one other one too because okay. I talked about my son Cade. So my son Jack has 100%, like so many of us, I know a ton of you in this audience know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And I know because when I was 13, I was the same way. My son Jack absolutely has the pro wrestling bug. Loves it. Doesn't think any of it's real, right? Although he continues to say, and I got to yell at him all the time, like the only thing that he fell for was he continues to think that Floyd Mayweather knocked out the big show at WrestleMania. Well, you know, he knocked it. I go, Jack, he did not. Fuck. Get this shit together, right? But other than that, he gets it. Like, yeah. he knows it's all. He repeats the same goddamn shit about, now he's trying to tell me, Jack is worse than Hacksaw because he's now telling me that the Jacksonville Jaguars are ready to move to San Diego because Shad Khan's son, Tony Khan, owns AEW, which has become a pretty popular alternative wrestling promotion on TNT. Yeah. Shaq's going to be wrestling Cody Rhodes in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Jack has told me that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to move here. Shad Khan's going to build an NFL stadium. And they're excited to come to San Diego because Tony Khan is going to move the the AEW promotion and they're going to run it out of Vieja Serena. I don't believe any of that has ever been discussed. But to my 13-year-old son, he would like you to believe that the Jaguars will be here within three years. And uh, Scott Sherman and Shad Khan are going to build this stadium. But he lives in a house where his mom has no interest yeah. in AEW or WWE. And his brother really doesn't have any interest either. Yeah. So when he sees me, I immediately get a 25-minute monologue on what is going on in WWE yeah. and what is going on in AEW. For him, we were scheduled in April that WrestleMania was supposed to be at SoFi Stadium. Not only has it been delayed, they push it back two fucking years. Really? Two years. So this year it'll be in Tampa, next year in Dallas, and then in two years it'll be in L.A. Assuming that he is still into it and remembering how I was at 15 and my buddies were at 15, Dave, I would like to take him to a WrestleMania. Oh, that'd be cool. I would like to do that. I just think that would be something that would mean so much to him. And him knowing that I was writing newspaper articles and taking pictures and getting yeah. blood on me and all this shit that happened when I was a kid with, with pro wrestling, we connect on a million different things. But he loves that he can talk about it with me. And he's such a mellow dude that, yes, much different than just going to see a show at, at the arena. If I could take him to WrestleMania... Uh, and just let him be there for everything going on. I think that would be really, really that cool. That would be cool. And then that's kind of a bucket list thing. That's cool. That's cool. You know, I meant to uh, I meant to bring this up a couple of weeks ago. Do you know that who that this is completely off topic? The head coach of the Falcons is. Um, do you, Do you remember? It's Arthur Smith. Who's who it is? Who's oh yeah, the Titans offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Do you know who his dad is? No. His dad is Fred Smith, owner of FedEx. Holy cow! So Arthur Smith is worth basically $4 billion. Jesus okay. Christ. I, I, look, I just looked it up as, as you were talking as well, and I looked up the owner of the Falcons is worth $3 billion. Oh, my God. So he has more money, like more money than Dean. I mean, yeah. he, has, he has more money than most owners in the NFL. Yeah. How crazy is that? Dude. Is that a, a fucking nuts? I meant to tell you this weeks ago, but I'm, I just think it, find it fascinating yeah. that this guy could do anything he wants with his money. He goes, Dude, I want to be a football coach. Good for him. This is what I want to fucking do. All right, here we go. Last two questions for you. What's your best quality? Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. That's easy. It's sense of humor. 
Yeah, that'd be good. I think um I think the uh, I know what my worst quality is. Okay, I'm trying to know that one. That's the next question. Oh fuck. No second chances. You know that. Dude, I blow people out of my phone all the time. You do. Um I thought you were gonna say bad listener. Seem like you never listen to me. <laughs> no, I fucking stopped. All I gotta do is look at your shit on social media. Who the fuck would listen to you? Dude, I swear. When you put out that stupid fucking picture of Bauer and Melanson the other day, I don't know why I find any of your shit funny. You're the most <laughs> annoying guy in the world. But I, I swear, if you do it for an audience of one, I laugh at it every time. I'm like, I swear, I wish this fucker would get chased by a honey badger. These assholes so get so fucking mad, dude. So mad. It's so funny. And then yet, I'm like, why do you guys follow me? They why, all do. Why do I follow you? Why do you guys you? get so mad? You know the game. Yeah, that's true. You, but I these did laugh. fucking guys, I'm like, why do you guys get so fucking angry? <laughs> Didn't you write? <laughs> You're such a dick. Didn't you write exciting day this in is Southern a, California? Exciting week for pitchers in Southern California. <laughs> and these people lost their shit. Then they're telling me why Melanson's better. <laughs> oh, I'm like, fuck okay. Off. Fuck off. Like, uh, Dave, if that guy comes here and saves 20 games, it'll be great. <laughs> but when his uh, strikeout to walk ratio is like 2 to 1.75, I'd, I'd keep hopes down low. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess loyalty, right? I mean, you're loyal to your friends. You're yeah, checking absolutely. on your friends. That'd be number one. What would you say yours is being annoying as fuck? <laughs> Dude, I am good at that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely good at that. I'm definitely good at that. Uh, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah, my worst quality, dude. It's funny. I used to say it was my best quality was loyalty. Yeah. But to be honest with you, it's the thing that has hurt me the most. It leaves oh, yeah. you It leaves you most wide open to uh, be disappointed. Yeah. As the older I get, the more I say, fuck. I go and then I, I really had a hard time not realizing that uh, loyalty was, was earned, not given. Yeah, I like and that, I, too. I would give it before it was earned. But and then, then it always left me open to be disappointed in people. But then I, I'd get really upset. I was like, well, I have no one to play by myself. Yeah, I look at it, though. And if you look at the people, like, I, I think any of us can do this, right? If you had to do this, like, just mentally, you don't have to actually do it. But just mentally draw a, a picture of you in the middle. Yeah. And then the 10 people that would be your support in the circle around yeah. you, right? And there might be some people who go, fuck, I can't do three. Well, that scares me and that makes me sad. But I just know, Dave, when I look at the 10 that are surrounding yeah. me, I go, holy fuck, am I so lucky to have those people in my yeah. life? And that's the thing, right? I just, the the ones that are really the closest and everything else, like when Mikey Labar reached out yesterday, and said, hey, man, you always say check in on your friends. Yeah. And when I heard what happened with VJ, I just wanted to check in on you. Dude, there's no better feeling in the world. I've been tried to be as open as I can and as candid as I can about dealing with depression and everything else that, that happened to me. Fuck, I don't know, Dave. I, I feel from a mental standpoint, I haven't been as clear-headed and as in a good a place as I don't know when. But... It, but if somebody takes time out of their day to text you or to call you, yeah. holy shit, is that the coolest thing? So, Absolutely. yeah, that's what I would say is just maybe finding the 10 that uh, that keep you on the straight and narrow and doing everything you can to maintain that relationship. You know, you mentioned three is not a big number. I tell you what, if you have that one, everybody needs one. Well, that's it. And that's why I said to to somebody who means a lot to me the other day, 
is I said, look, on the days when it fucking feels like it's over, just know you got one. Yeah. And in reality, you probably have a hundred or a thousand that love you and want you to succeed and everything else. But that's what I always say, Dave, as long as you know you have that one. And that's the thing I said the other day in text messages until she blocked me to Missy Missy Martinez. She Number one, she hasn't blocked you. Two is, I heard her interview the other day. With Lisa? And she talked about meeting you and me. She did not. Right, right at the beginning. She did not. Yeah, she talked about she talked about going to Huntington Beach and meeting Lisa's friends. At, oh, at, well, uh, Lisa's Alzheimer's. friends. There's only you and me. Yeah, and Kate. Yeah, that hundred percent. It was right at the beginning of the interview. I swear, I think my kids fucking know the truth on that <laughs> shit. I think they know. They haven't said anything. I think my kids have figured it out. <laughs> did you know? Did you know anything when you were thirteen? Uh, 13 was about the age where I, where I was shocked, where I found porn. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Well, it's not like we introduced her as Mary Lou and her no. stage name's Lisa Ann. Like, no. this is Lisa Ann. Yeah. No, Marilyn Chambers. I found a Marilyn Chambers film in my dad's office. Goddamn. And first You're- thing I did was call uh, Kathy Hammond and Renee Baker down the street and said, you got to come watch this. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it did not turn into action for uh, me. Come on. <laughs> they ran home screaming and turned me into the principal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she got banged on a bumper pool table oh like, what jesus the fuck? that seems uncomfortable and, for her uh, right she's a star i don't know bang who the gardener who did that to her my god <laughs> who hurt you the gardener the gardener <laughs> all right we're back tomorrow and we have a special announcement on the 24th mike costas coming in we cannot wait uh mike will be here And here's the one thing, too. And I've said this to Mike. I'm going to be perfectly clear right now. Uh, Mike left on good terms at 1360, which for whatever reason he did. And it's probably smart because as we've learned in this industry, you can go back and go back and go back. I, I have no time for the management there at 1360. But as I pointed out to Mike, at no point during that interview am I going to bring any of that up because... There's so much great shit with him that we're just going to focus on radio stuff. And as I said, nobody gives a fuck about upper management at those stations. So we're just going to tell goddamn stories. We're going to tell the Lou Holt story. I can't (laughs) wait to hear his version of the Mary Tillman story. (laughs) Uh, We'll tell the... Norv Turner, you said about uh, about Get Off My Lawn. The bus where he wouldn't sign autographs. And that is the greatest thing about Costa is he will not run from any of these. Show but, tunes. Oh, my God, show tunes. But we go back with him as long as anybody in this city, right, Dave? Yes. We go back with him to KFMB. We'll talk to him about what it was like to be a Chargers sideline reporter as a Raider fan. Yeah. And all of those different things, being on the show, like the the transitions, and just his ability to ride the wave and and do those kind of things. So I know I'm super excited to have him come in. Plus, he uh, he has a new podcast of his own, and we'll talk to him about what he's doing with that. But, yeah, just uh, such a great, great dude. We're looking forward to it. So Mike's in here a week from Wednesday. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back tomorrow, guys.
Sol 